Welcome. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we have a conversation with Tamara Arnold. It turned out to be the perfect time for us to talk to her because if you remember back to episode two of this season, Affirmation Power with Michelle Blood, Michelle talked about creating your reality, living in abundance and prosperity, among other things. And after our interview with her, Michelle generously sent us a copy of one of her books. So I read it, and from there it led me to several other books. And I have to admit, I got a little obsessed with reading and listening to this style of self-improvement literature. So when I saw that we were going to be talking to Tamara, I thought to myself how appropriate the timing was for us to talk to her right now, because Tamara is also an author who has written about these same topics. Here are the titles of a couple of her books. The Blind Leap, Ditch the 9 to 5 for the Business of Your Dreams, and The Magical Business Method, Define Your Stardust, Attract Your Tribe, Make Lots of Money. So quite frankly, I'm really looking forward to continuing my obsession by reading Tamara's books as well, especially after talking to her and hearing her perspective on these ideas, as well as the other topics we cover during this conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Tamara because it was a little bit of a surprise to learn how down-to-earth and relatable she is. I didn't know what her personality would be like, and for whatever reason I was feeling a little self-conscious about talking to her. It was unusual for me to feel that way, and it's something I've been thinking about since then. And I was able to come to some important personal realizations through those efforts. So here's what I think happened. As I was researching Tamara before our interview with her, I was admiring her accomplishments and the way she presents herself to the world through her social media and website. This made me question the importance and uniqueness of my own accomplishments. Instead of feeling grateful for the privilege of getting to know and learn from this wonderful person. Through exploring these feelings of unworthiness, I learned a lot about my own worthiness and that it's okay to show yourself in your brightest light and that I'm at my best when I'm able to see and appreciate my own gifts. I learned that it's okay to let those gifts shine and to be and strive towards a better and better version of myself, especially if that's what's inside wanting to be expressed. So thank you, Tamara, for helping me discover this. I'm truly grateful to have a little more understanding. Now, let's go to the conversation with Tamara Arnold, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. You pronounce your name Tamara, right? Yes, like okay. air, Tamara. Okay. All right. Nice. Just wanted to that make sure. That air in your name, yeah. breathing and space in your name yeah. built in. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to tell you this story real quick. I was meditating this morning and then as soon as my I was done meditating I I thought okay I'm gonna do start my to-do list you know and I had I wanted to write down some questions that I was gonna ask you and that was you know the first thing I did after meditation and it was so weird because this has never happened before but I uh, this question popped into my head and it was like do you have any pets or kids and I was like I really don't ask that question And I was like, but for whatever reason, that was came right into my head, and so I wrote it down. And then after that, I I watched a video on your website, and the first thing you said on the video was that you had to break up with your 17-year-old son. And I don't know if you want to talk about that or not, but I was like, wow, that actually sounds really interesting. I'd love to hear that story. It's the most tragic love story ever, if you will, um, because it's the it's like the beginning and the end of everything for me in the way that, you know, having grown up around mental illness my whole life. So like I my mom has tried to commit suicide twice. Like I spent most of my childhood being being the parental role and it was really interesting as a highly intuitive empath to recognize that something wasn't right and wanting to fix and to, to heal and to do all these things. And I remember being, I moved out when I was 16 because it got to be too much. And at 17, I went to Brazil for a year because I was like, get me out of here. And then when I got back, I was like, you know what? I need to, I, 
I'm going to solve this problem because having grown up around, and I mean, I have suffered from depression after what happened with my son. So what I'm going to say isn't meant to sound in any way, shape or form against mental health and mental illness, but it was conditional love for me for most of my life, right? Like it came at the cost of something. You, 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 like I was afraid to speak my truth. I was afraid to share even certain things I, I could say because there was more people in my family that, that had mental illness that I was afraid. I was afraid that even kind words and acknowledgement could turn them into a form of depression or sadness. So at 19, I was like, I got pregnant. And I was like, I'm going to create my own version of love that won't be conditional. And it's going to be the most amazing thing ever. And this does not solve problems for anyone who is listening. And my son had severe mental illness as well. So everything that I was trying to kind of run away from, I was running into. And that's where, you know, spirit has has bigger plans for us than we realize. And so it was a very tumultuous relationship in it with Ethan. At eight years old, he really started, from the time he was born to pronounce, he would go to the kitchen drawer and shake it and say, I'm gonna take a knife and cut myself from the top of my head to my belly button. Like it was intense and it just snowballed, you know. In grade six, he was hospitalized for cutting himself and, and continuing and continuing and continuing. He, he was diagnosed with oppositional defiance disorder, which I always say is not my favorite, only because there's no compromise. There's no give or take. They're, they want to dominate even at a young age. And the energy and the relationship between us consistently went into a place where he wanted to be in control at all times. And so I met my now husband, we bought a house together. Ethan was just before his 16th birthday and things got really, really, really intense, like really toxic. Like my husband and I were taking turns sleeping because something bad was gonna happen in the night. And I walked into my laundry room and he had a chair and a cord. And this catapulted into, we're gonna get the right kind of help, which there doesn't exist. And when my son couldn't take care of himself, when he couldn't actually want to to get better, we had to make a decision that he couldn't come home because we were keeping the toxic behaviors away from our other three kids. But when he was 17, a year after he had decided not to live at home, he did something that was pretty intense and that relationship ended. It lasted six months, spiraled me into depression. And the reason why it's the beginning and the end is because that's when my the gifts that I had as a kid that I remember spirit saying, like, we'll come back to this. You need to, we need to shelf this for whatever part of your journey. That's when they came back. Wow. So what kind of gifts are you talking about? Um, so it was really cool because I started to meditate when my son and I broke up and I started to have deceased loved ones come and I would hear different messages in my meditations. And at first I was like, oh, this is really cool. Look at, I'm like, and then I was like, oh my God, no, these are people who are really talking to me. Like my loved ones are coming to share these messages. And then the minute I knew that the messages were real in my meditation, they started to talk to me outside of my meditation. (laughs) And that's when I was like, oh, something, because of the history of my family, I was like, I should probably go see my, my therapist because I am now hearing voices and getting this, this guidance and talking to my poppy who had passed and all these things. And I went to my therapist with guys I had been seeing since I was in my early 20s. And I sat down on the couch and I'm like, okay, poppy's talking to me. My ex's, you know, father has passed is in the car with me. Like, I don't know what's happening. And she says, I think it's time. And I was like, what do you mean? It's time for what? She's like, it's time for you to learn A Course in Miracles. And I was like, what? I've known you for how many years? And I didn't even know this was something that you offered. And she became my mentor and my guide. And then in early 2017, as I was leaving my bathroom, Spirit literally said, you can reach chakras. And I was like, "I pardon? Wrong human. I don't know anything about chakras. How can you just tell me that? And then that's been basically the synopsis of my entire life has been reading energy with people all over the world. Wow, that's amazing. What a great therapist. Right? Yeah, you were lucky to have a therapist that didn't, you know, make you think that you're crazy and understood that there's more, um, or not lucky, I guess that's, that was 
destined to be that way Mm -hmm. or who you were attracted to um, on some deeper level. It's funny because Tim and I, since we started this podcast, tried on two separate occasions to do an episode on chakras. And we were really happy with the content. We had this great conversation about chakras, but every single time some technical issue happened where the recording wasn't there (laughs) or it was all messed up and we couldn't use it. And so we kind of felt like, I feel like the universe is just telling us not right now and we'll just kind of set it aside until it seems like the right timing again. And so since you're here (laughs) and here to talk about chakras, could you maybe just give a a primer on just kind of a quick primer on the seven chakras for the listeners that aren't familiar with all of them? Absolutely. So I always think because the best way for me to to give the analogy for myself even is that like I have seven floors on in my energetic house and each floor holds certain kinds of energies that we relate to within ourselves and with others and they really allow us to create different experiences in our life and business when we become really familiar with them. So at the base of the tailbone is the root chakra. And this is the one that most people don't actually pay much mind to. Like you never really hear people going like, Hey, yeah, I'm just like working on my root today. Like that's that's (laughs) not the most common one, but it's the basis of foundation for me. It answers the question who I am and who I serve. And then right at your pubis bone is your sacral. And Sacral is the ultimate energy center. It is like our, like I say, if you can charge your sacral, it's being seen, right? Like it's that confidence. It's allowing others to engage with you in these big, beautiful ways. It's it's feminine energy. And, and that goes for all genders, all races. It's just like that sense of letting control go because we know we're nurturing and cared for from goddess mother at the belly button is your solar plexus i always like to compare the solar plexus to i'm a big nerd by the way and so disney movies if you've ever watched the little mermaid and you think of the cave where she keeps all the trinkets and doodads and things like that it's like our solar plexus where we hold all our beliefs even the ones that we don't want to have anymore we kind of store them and does like oh, look, this thing's coming in and I don't know what to do with it. I'll just shove it in my solar plexus and deal with it later. I like that analogy. I never thought of it that way. That's a, yeah, I'll be able to remember that a lot easier now. <laughs> Yay! I, I, did, I had 52 Disney movies before I even had kids. Like, just like, <laughs> into perspective that everything's been a fantasy novel or book and now I live fantasy novels and books for real life job. Um In the heart, the heart is our heartbeat. It's our breath, actually. You'll know the energy of your heart chakra based legitimately on how you're breathing. So if you're holding your breath, you're holding, receiving, and giving love. If you are not inhaling but exhaling with ease, you are exceptional at giving but terrible at receiving. (laughs) And if you inhale... And you don't exhale, you love everything coming in, but you usually have some form of fear of offering things in case you may be hurt. I think it's interesting what you said about the root chakra, because this oh, whole COVID thing has been this, it, if you ask me, you know, so much, it's so much of a root chakra um, clearing that's happening because all of the people's safety and security feels challenged and, you know, survival needs feel challenged. And so I think it's the less glamorous chakra. So people don't talk about it or focus on it so much, but it's the one that's really needed right now in this time of uncertainty that we're living through. We need to glamorize the root chakra so that more people will focus on it. It's so true. And it's been the one that I want to talk about most because it's basically our identity center. And when COVID began, our identity started to be taken away from us, right? Like we identified as being like, you know, the worker person or, you know, the person who was the fun party person after work or, you know what I mean? So all our identities that we may have had got like the rug got pulled out underneath us. And it was like, we were faced with ourselves and going like, oh my God. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah, that was a big thing that happened. A lot of people's, uh, yeah, their whole, well, since, I mean, their normal daily patterns were interrupted so severely, yeah, they kind of did lose their identities. At least I I know I did. I was like, oh, I'm this work guy. I go to work every day and I do this and that. And now, oh, maybe not. Maybe there's way more to me than that. 
It's definitely way more to you, Tim. <laughs> it's, but it's this opportunity to 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 rebuild and recreate, which is what I really like about what you do. But we'll we'll wait to talk about that part because we still have Tim and my favorite chakra, the throat chakra. We're two people that do a podcast that both feel like we have challenges with our throat chakra. <laughs> So it's most, I like to explain throat chakra in, in this way that no matter who you are, or where you are, energy only has one way out of your body. And that's through your, your throat chakra, right? We can dance, right? And we can write, but like it truly is our voice that allows us this freedom to, to express or to talk about or share what's going on in all the other six floors. So it's a really impactful and powerful expression of inner truth, knowing anything. So when this, this chakra is out, you will absolutely 100% know because oftentimes directly when it's out, you get sick in some way because you are not speaking. So it, and, and sickness to me includes you clench your teeth, you have jaw tightness, you know what I mean? Like these are all signs and symptoms that you're holding in what you want to say or afraid to speak on some level. It's another one that I think is really being um, cleared and activated right now with what's going on in the world. And everyone feels a strong need to speak their truth and express um, who they are and what they believe and what they need. It's coming out in you know full force in the world. And it's so, it's so powerful because I truly believe the gift in what's happening in the world was COVID in a way because it stopped the external distraction so that we could really see beneath it all. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. I think about it, whether we were all going to work and going here and going doing this and like, so, you know, hyper stimulated, would we be where we are right now using our voices in such powerful ways? I really think that, you know, everything has been aligning in a very powerful way to make the throat chakra even more profoundly loud than it ever has been. Yeah. So um, I know you do um, like life coaching and things like that. And you've also like, we have two more chakras and then, and then we can <laughs> just so that I'm we don't so leave. Sorry. These are important chakras. <laughs> I I, like I, you know what, you know, guys, I'm, I was out of it for a second there. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going on that. Oh, okay. the, the best ones. Yeah. Come on. They're, well, they're the ones <laughs> most people spend the most time on, right? Like yeah. the, <laughs> The third eye is like your connection to source creator. That's like your direct line. I think it's like playing a game of telephone, you know, like where you, you have the can with the string and the other end goes up into the sky and that's where you ask and you receive. But it's also funny because it's the one that we can get most out of alignment, even when we meditate, even when we're doing everything with, because that's the one where our ego exists in too, right? So <laughs> we have the dual dialogue that happens. And then we have our crown, which to me is the, the gate. It's the gateway of the divine. It's it's where we, we allow receiving in, where, you know, we have that opportunity to see everything that's happening in our lives as either a gift or a lesson. And so I always say there is no, um, oh gosh, what's a, what, what, I always say it, but I'm going to forget what it is right now. There's <laughs> no selective receiving. That's what I was going to say. It's not like we can selective re- receive. You can't say like, I only want these kinds of things, but those things are not for me or like whatever. Like if you're not allowing some things in, you're, you're not open. <laughs> Let's just say that. So that's your crown. <laughs> and now we have them all. Nah, okay, good. <laughs> yes. So when you were working, when you first discovered like chakras and energies like that, when you, did you start working with them right away or how, how did that go for you? Your journey through that process? Okay. So this is literally how it went. Leaving my bathroom, hear the voice. You can read chakras, have a split panic attack. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know nothing about chakras. I don't know any information, the colors, the symbols, anything, move on, not for me. And then I get the message and they spirit can be a little persistent. And they're like, no, it's yours. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, but I don't know anything. And spirit was like, We're, I'm going to guide you. So I just went to my computer, opened it up, went to Facebook and typed, hey, everyone, apparently I can read chakras. Is anyone open to letting me practice on them? <laughs> and four people said yes. Pooped my pants and set up the calls 
like literally used Facebook calling to talk to people because they weren't just local people. These were people from all over the world and began the process. I did those four readings and spirit totally guided me. People were like, how did you know that? And I was like, okay, I don't know. Something's happening here. And so then I just began to ask everybody in their neighbor, hey, can I do a chakra reading on you? Hey, can I can I practice? I would I'd go into different groups on Facebook and I'd be like, I'm practicing readings. Can you let me practice on you? And I just continued that until I started to receive the patterns that we all kind of carry and was able to like create the mythology that came with it. Whoa, that's amazing. I would have never guessed that's how you did it. You just like jumped right in. <laughs> Yeah, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of trust to just do that. I think a lot more people would doubt and question and be afraid and you just like, boom, put it out there, which is really cool. Well, in my defense, so like a spirit had been talking to me for about seven months, like since I had started meditating and like guiding me to create certain things. And so there was like an, uh, there was a relationship where would say to do something and I'd say you've got to be crazy and then I would do it and it would expand me in some way or some something would happen that I'd be like okay when I listen to the voice that's nudging me no matter how uncomfortable it is it's it's really leading my life down this incredible path so I did have like this pre kind of existing relationship and I always say writing my first book my kid is driving me crazy a mom's survival guide for living with a child with mental illness, I wasn't a clear channel. I wasn't until I wrote that book. That book literally busted open my throat chakra and my root chakra, right? Because the familial stuff and the, you know, family issues and then my fear of using my throat. But the minute that those two chakras opened, that's when I received that I could do this work. I love that you mentioned that, you know, there's two chakras, because like you're saying, a lot of people, when they're on a spiritual path, they focus on these upper spiritual chakras and don't understand that it's a whole system. And you can't, you, you know, if you just open your upper spiritual chakras, but you're not grounding it into this earthly plane, it doesn't manifest anything in your life. We have to have this whole channel open and bring this whole flow for the whole system to work. The way that you work with chakras, I'd never heard of anybody working with chakras for your business. And this is so cool. And I'm, I'm so curious to kind of hear how that works. If you want to kind of share about that. So because I have never really been able to work for any other person well, because of the sensitivity that I have for energies and emotions and things like that as the highly sensitive empath it just geared me like I was a personal trainer for before I was a spiritual coach mentor in the chakra business academy and and that happened organically because I had to find a place that I could work that was positive but it was really my son and his mental illness so that's why I say like he has been such a catalyst for the way that my life has gone because he in grade six when he cut himself and he wasn't allowed to go back to school because there was he was hospitalized and the school didn't have anything set for him i had to make the decision to work from home at that point that became my everything was just kind of learning how to be in that space of serving a community and a collective while being able to take care of my child. And so it was an automatic, that's what I know. And that's how I can be of greatest service is when you don't fit and conform into regular society, when you know that following the status quo and the check marks and the rules that, that just never felt, they feel like the clothes that are too tight. <laughs> that's the process in which it was like, it made so much sense that business is where chakras need the most love, right? Because we are here to be in service to our, our community. Like that is our purpose here in our physical body is to figure out what that service is and then create enough space so that we can do that to the highest capability. So for me, chakras, it just, what do you mean there's another way? To me, business is the thing because that's our service. That's I call it stardust. Yeah, that's pretty unique. And um, I really like that. Did you write a book about that? Because I know you've written several books. So yeah, the second book I wrote was called The Magical Business Method. And The Magical Business Method is about actually, if you if you want to get really clear on how to have a business that 
is your business and is what your purpose is, do it from the level of your internal space. Don't let somebody else tell you what it is because that vibration already exists within you. You already know. You've been steered to it uh, your whole life. So when you start, and I always I always start at the root chakra, we're coming back to the root chakra, right? Grounded into who you are and who you serve. That knowing begins the process of being able to then step into the sacral. So how am I going to bring this message out into the world, right? Like, how am I going to show up and be seen with this work? Then it's the solar plexus, knowing I'm deserving and worthy of the service that I'm here to do. Then it's the heart, which is, you know, maintaining that I'm doing it from the highest level or vibration that I can and utilizing uh, receiving and allowing and asking to fill that capacity to even bring that message deeper and further out into the world. And then, the th you know what I mean? So if we can get to that, that space or that knowing in this level of like, why am I in this body? <laughs> like it's, there's such a big purpose for that. And it could be to raise the next wave of spiritual humans, right? Like I still believe that someone who right now in COVID when schools shut down and it brought them into the understanding that actually helping and raising their kids is their stardust because their child is showing that they want to learn things in, in exceptional ways that are again outside of the, the standards and the norms. I think it's, it's very powerful. The way that you just described that, I was thinking I could imagine maybe some people were would be coming to you just focusing on their business and like, Oh, I want it to be successful. But going through that process with you, they're actually healing themselves. They were focusing on that for their business, but it's really an internal healing, clearing, activating work that you're doing on, on multiple levels with the person. Well, there's to me, there's two parts. The one is that we're clearing stuff, stored negative thoughts, emotions, experiences. We can't help ourselves. And from the time we're born, we just start to absorb, 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 absorb. And so there's that place where we're unpacking boxes, the Marie Kondo version of the internal space. You're opening it up and you're saying, is this, does this bring me joy? No, I know then I'm going to give it back to source. But the other compartment, because how many people do you know that actually say, I feel like I've already done this before. I have been reliving these same experiences over and over again. But the thing is, is if you take junk out of a junk drawer and you don't give the drawer another job, what happens? you put more junk in. The drawer doesn't actually have a different purpose. And I think it's really impactful and important for people to know, like when you can tap into that, that again, identity or that understanding of what am I here for? Like, what is my stardust? What is this? And you take out what isn't serving you and you take this higher vibrational being part of yourself and you put that into the space that you just cleared, you've just given that chakra, that, that level of your energetic body, a different role. You've programmed it to then vibrate into a new reality. Yeah, I, I love being self-employed. I also I love the freedom and yes, all of that. And I often reflect on how my business is my own energy, which is, you know, of course, a good and bad thing. But it's it's very clear. It's a very clear mirror. I can't blame anybody else. <laughs> like, if things are going well, then then maybe I'm in the flow. And if things are not, then something's trying to come up for me to look at. And of course, life is our mirror, and it's true for everybody. But you know, if you work in a company with other people, you can be like, oh, it's Joe's fault, you know, <laughs> things aren't going right because of Joe. Um, but when you're just the only person in the business, then of course, everything is um, your energy. So I love looking at that and using my business as another way to kind of see and understand myself and my energy. Yeah, I noticed because you had a couple books on business and I just thought it was great you had for the blind leap, step-by-step -step instructions to quit the job you don't want and launch the business you do want. And I thought, step-by-step -step instructions, this is perfect. This is what people, you know, I didn't get step-by-step -step instructions when I was creating my business. I always like to bring it back to what's happening in the world right now and make it relevant. But I think that as we all slowed down or stopped and and then started reevaluating and some people's jobs went away. I think that we're in a time where people are going to be deciding to leave that old job and start their own thing and that's what they want or either being 
sort of forced or pushed that way or just deciding and realizing that that's more of what they want. So I love that you have a step-by-step process and the name of the book, The Blind Leap, is perfect. Is there anything that you want to share from that book that might be helpful to people that are going through that right now? Yeah. Again, it's going to come back. My biggest secret, you guys, is like basically your body is your business. That's exclusively how to look at your business is like you become the, the CEO and the first employee. The minute you say yes to serving another group of people, right? And to be conscious of the energy that your office or your body is, what's the company culture? Like when you're inviting people into your business, right? If you're the CEO and the first employee, how are they speaking to each other? What are you saying about yourself or to yourself in that space? If you are saying like, you're doing this wrong. Oh my God, I can't believe you've done this. And like all of that. Imagine that somebody's walking into an office and that's how the CEO is talking to the staff. Like that's not going to produce the results that you want in your business, right? Like you want to create a culture that people want to be in that energy space of. And so the the best, the best, the best, the best thing that I think that's like one of my Tamaraisms <laughs> is the true understanding that clarity comes with movement when you're an entrepreneur. You will never know. Like, let's just put that on the table. You won't know what to do. You won't know, you know, if it's going to work. You won't have any definitive answers or, you know what I mean? You just have to be willing to take the first step. And when you take that first step, then you're going to get clearer. And then the second step, you're going to see even more clearly the path ahead of you. But, you know, if you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm only taking a small step every day, let me just tell you, a small step every day covers a lot of distance over time. And how you start is usually never what truly happens in your business six months or a year later, right? You just have to be willing to understand that you're going to get clearer as you're in movement. I like how you said that, you know, just take that one little step because it's the same thing that you said in that video that I mentioned at the beginning. That was the point of the video was that, yeah, if you just ask, what's one thing I can do to make my life better today, that Mm -hmm. can lead to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You just have to be open to it. And, you know, that really really struck me because it's true. When you don't have clarity, like you were saying at the beginning, Eventually you will, but you just have to have the faith to take that leap. Something else that Tiana said earlier was uh, everything is a reflection of yourself. And you know, that, that recently became like my reality all of a sudden because I started realizing that all these external things that I thought were making my life difficult <laughs> were not external. They were internal. It was me the whole time. And I didn't realize it. You know, I would have all these struggles at my work and and just blame everybody else. Like the customer wants this and and my boss, he wants it by this day. And I started realizing like, no, like I create these situations for myself somehow. And, and it's perpetuating. Like I do it not just in, in this area of my life, but it's in these other areas of my life. And I've started to realize like, Oh, this huge pattern is not just a coincidence. You know, it's not just the, the world doing it to me. It's, it's me. I generated all this. And uh, that's been hugely helpful. Just like almost like night and day. Huge turnaround. Just life just got like, I just like found the key somehow to that, you know, that one portion of my, my life. And uh, it seemed to uh, help a lot, actually. And sorry, I'm going on and on. But I did have this other realization <laughs> recently that was, It was that plus this. It was that I always used to think that my job is what provided me with my sustenance and and my income and my money. I used to think that that it was the job that that gave that to me. Mm -hmm. But I recently realized that it's not the job that generates what I have or what I need. It's me. I am the one that is capable of producing. I can, it's not the job that gives it to me. It's me that provides it for myself. And that was, that was a big, that was a big one too. That was one that was like, oh, I should have realized that a long time ago, you know? I just like want to pause for a second because that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. 
Like that's a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like a lot of the stuff that I'm saying right now has just come to me. And I don't know that it would have had I not had the time to just be myself. Because we get caught in this rat race, and it's not just me, it's everybody. We, we get so wrapped up in these things that we think need to be done, and they don't. They don't really matter that much. We just put so much importance on them. And uh, yeah, it's been nice. It's been great. Like this whole COVID thing, I get to meditate every day now. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like a miracle. That's amazing. Just, I think that that's, that's that moment, right? Like we can say we have those catalyzing moments or the, the moments where the world shifts or there's a greater understanding or there's a new level of connection or alignment. Some people call it awakening, but there's just like a, that's where we sink in, we sink into, we get to be the driver and the manifester of whatever potential that we want. There is nothing, there is nothing in this world that we cannot create. Yeah, it's true. That's what's so great about the system of the chakras is, you know, learning and understanding your energetic system and then recognizing that you're putting this energy out and then what you're experiencing is what's coming back to you from your energetic system. And then, oh, and then I can tool with this energetic system and figure out, um, you know, what do I, what do I need or what do I want and how can I utilize the chakra system to help me with that? I noticed a, another uh, description from one of your books. It said, how to use the energy in your chakras to move through fear and overwhelm into trust and abundance and i thought again oh this would be good information for what people are going through right now because there's a lot of fear and overwhelm so could you talk on how people could use their chakras to overcome fear and overwhelm so the thing is is like everything is actually quite simple right and then we we make it complicated and so when I was talking at the level of the third eye, right? So the third eye is where trust lives. It's, it's where, you know, we have the capacity. So if, if you at all worry, if you spend any time creating thoughts of like, oh my goodness, if we don't go back to work, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is, and you're scripting out a reality that does not exist yet. Like it has not happened. You are spending so much energy. You're coming out of the present moment. We can lose ourselves because the fact of the matter is like the past, the present and the future still exists right now. Even when you're in that worry, you're still right here, but you're not right here. When we're talking about trust, there is a level in which the easiest way is to not do this on your own. We're not taught that we can just ask source creator for support or help or tap into something. Like, I, to tell you the truth, I, I was not a faithful person until I was in my 30s. Like, I was truly on my own. And that is the hardest place you can ever, ever exist in this physical body. And the fastest way to having less overwhelm and less fear and less anything is being willing. And it's, it may feel uncomfortable and it's got to look like it's got to be right for you. But it is really asking for divine support. And the minute you can take the backpack of responsibility and say, God, take this for me. And I had to learn that with my son when my son learned, chose living on the streets, right? And I would spend all my time worrying about him. And then God was like, I got a team here, you know, we got the angels, we got like some other beings, we can watch over him. So because you're just a tiny little grain of sand in this in your house. You can't see him all the time. We can. And I was like, oh, and I took that deep breath. And that's how easy it can be. And that's what full trust is, is allowing spirit to do what spirit is here to do and not feel like we have to grip it and control it for ourselves. That let go, let God. I like that short, simple oh, yes. phrase. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? And I think of like, Jesus, take the wheel, or I've been to India and you can be calling on Krishna, right? Like there are so many ways in which you can just, like, and I think about that, right? Because we were talking about how much, Tim, you noticed, right? When you were in the grind, you don't realize how much we get into that grip, right? And into that like tight space and that, like, okay, I've got to keep everything like this. I got to get up at this time. I got to do this thing. I got to let it, 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 and the mind, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. Mm-hmm. And then the program from the past that's been passed down that says, if you don't have the job or the this or the that, then everything in the world's going to fall apart around you. But my motto is, everything's going to be okay. Nothing bad can happen and all my needs are met. Mm. Were you always like that or did you come to that realization I almost swore there, but I didn't know if that was allowed. <laughs> so fine. I, I was going to say, fuck no. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I mean, because I was an empath so young and my family, who I believe are truly gifted empaths as well, they chose the you know Western version of medicating their gifts away. I didn't have like that that guide to like in the Eastern culture, when you start to present your gifts, you know, you're chosen in your tribe and you're like nurtured. And so in high school, I would walk down the hall and think everybody hated me. Like I apologize to everybody in high school because literally I thought they despised me, but it was, they're so angsty. We're angsty teenagers in high school. And I thought it was all directed at me. And so I actually numbed. I started drinking and and using drugs as a a coping mechanism fairly young. And I used those until not like a few years ago, to tell you the truth, when I started to actually step into my stardust and do this business was when I realized that spirit would be like, you can't, you you know, you can't drink anymore because (laughs) it doesn't keep you in the clear channel to do this work. And I was like, got it, then it's over. No, I was definitely not always like this. So you mentioned um, going to India and, you know, when people think of India, they always think of spirituality because it has so many different types of spiritualism there. And I was wondering about your own spirituality. Um, You mentioned, you know, when you were younger that you, you weren't really into it. But as you got older, what was that journey like? What was it like to discover your own spirituality? So interesting because I, I think about my spiritual journey sometimes and I'm just like, wow, that's like, I was actually baptized and confirmed Anglican. I don't remember anything. I used to go to church on Sundays with my nanny, right? Like I did everything not to sit in a pew. I don't sit well. And so I was always a Sunday school carlerer and like, you know, doing all these things to just be creative, even in the church. And then I went into a place where, you know, I had daddy issues. And so I actually had a resentment towards God. Any male energy was like, I was upset with my dad. It was God's fault, right? Like there was just like this, this version. So then in my thirties, I was like, screw masculine energy, screw God, give me the goddess, all goddess all the time. I was like in the the forest, I had goddess cards. I was like, everything came from the goddess. And then I broke up with her because for a bit and I went, I was dating an atheist for a while, which was a really interesting experience to navigate because there's always some sort of contrast or tension in that experience. And then it was like when I, I can show you, it's actually in the beginning of the blind leap was when I first channeled, when I just like kind of woken up after the depression, after my son and was starting my, my relationship back with spirit. And all of a sudden this picture came, right. And it kind of had God masculine at the top angels. And then it was like, Mother Earth goddess feminine. And then there's fairies here because like I am very connected to the face. So when you're talking like I'm a very polyamorous um <laughs> spiritual person. I just I just gonna claim that right now. I love all them, all the gods now. We could say it really is the embodiment of this one true light. And then it came to the the pow- we power by rooting, right? And enlightenment comes from above, but we need both to have symbiotic energy. And so, wow. So you drew that out and then you've just kept it all this time. Kept it. Like, it's to me, like, spirit, when spirit gives you something, the one teacher and the one guide that I have that I know has my best interest is spirit. 
And so when spirit gives me a message or an opportunity or says, do this or do that, that's the one and easiest true path to take. We were talking earlier about third eye. I call it the dryer system. When we receive things from spirit, it's like we tumble dry it. We like put it through all these processes and maybe you categorize it like a mail slot and you're like, okay, does it fit into these certain standards or boxes that we've been told it has to look like? And if so, if, it, if we see things in only this narrow way of viewing it and spirit's trying to give it to you outside of that viewpoint or that idea in which you believe it has to come you can miss you can you can miss what the greater message is but like spirit whatever you tell me to draw that it's mine for life you tell me to do uh-huh, okay i'm keeping it like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's just complete trust there you know it's so funny you reminded me of when you were talking about trusting spirit it's like i was just telling my kid today just today like maybe just a couple hours ago, I was like, you need to treat us like we treat you because there's no one in this world who's going to love you the way that we do. You know, and I was talking about my wife and I, and, you know, it kind of clicked. I could see it it clicked in her head like, oh, wait a minute. Like he's right. There's nobody that's going to love me like them. Yeah, I think the trust part is really hard for so many people. Um, that I see that with my clients. A lot of times people think that they can't connect to spirit, but they already are. They're just not trusting. They're just, you know, I think the people who are good, you know, channels and spirit communicators, that's the thing that they have. It's that trust. They're able to, to really trust it. And so they can be a good conduit and a good receiver. Um, but everybody's actually, you know, connect. We're all spirit in form. And so we're all connected. Of course we are. But are one, are we paying attention and tuning in? And then two, are we trusting what we receive? And do we have a discernment process for figuring that out? I always tell my clients, so like when they come to like the in-person, I'm like, there's one rule of retreat. They're like, what's that? I'm like, the first answer is the right answer. And they're like, what? And I'm like, and I make, we play a, a game. Like I make them play a game where I'll put, they, they all get like this little stuffed animal and, and to break through the barrier, they'll all have a stuffed animal and, and I'll say, okay, get your notebook out. I'm going to ask you certain questions about this animal as if it's talking to you. And I'll be like, oh, what's my name? Where am I from? How old am I? What's my favorite food? And I get them to write down whatever their first answer is just to get into that, that pattern. Right. Cause it is so ingrained to in, in us to like, well, did you think about that? What if you didn't think about that? What would happen? That's a good point. Is there something that you want to share with uh, the listeners about something that you're offering right now or, or just a message maybe that you have for this times? Or There's a couple like of really powerful things that are happening. So first of all, if you're like open, I would totally love to give the magical business method to your listeners for free. And I can give you the link for that as well. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, wow. Wow. So powerful. Like the more people can start to tune into their own internal language and landscape. I mean, what a catalyst for change this world would have, right? Um, So automatically, yes. And there's, I'm doing a new thing that I'm really excited about. It's almost ready, but by the time this goes live, it might be ready. So I truly believe, having done all of this work too, like we really do fall into these four four categories. Again, I don't know, you're talking about your clients and things like that, but like we're here to change the vibration of something. So whether it be, you know, I, I have something called the rebel unicorns. <laughs> and rebel unicorns are here to like change the status quo where the, the healers awakened. And so there's catalyst unicorns. You could, catalyst unicorns are here to change the vibration of leadership. We have ancestral rebel unicorns and they're here to break down the traumas, the generational traumas and be they're changing the vibration of the kids. And that's a huge role. We have elemental rebel unicorns and they're here to change the vibration of mother earth. You know, the ones that talk to the trees and the, and the water and, and, and the animals for us. And then there's cosmic and cosmic changes vibration of one human at a time. And my quiz for to find out what house you are in is like really, really, really like on the last legs of being done. And if I could share that with your listeners as well, I think it will offer them a little bit of information about their own purpose and and at least begin the guidance into the stardust conversation for themselves wonderful i love rebel unicorn yes (laughs) 
Thanks. I was going to do a live this year, but like a Rebel Unicorns live, but that didn't happen, which is perfectly okay. And it will happen next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you so much for offering the, um, the magical business method. Magical business method. Yeah. This one. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Let's define your stardust, attract your tribe and make lots of money because I believe that we all have the capacity to have wealth. Wealth comes from within. Yes. And so that's kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anywhere that our listeners can go to learn more about you and what your offerings are? Um, Tamara Arnold, T-A-M-A. There's a lot of A's. And when I first met, like, took my husband's last name and I was like, oh, my God, my la- my name's going to end with an A and my last name's going to start with an A. And I was like, I'm just going to call myself Tamarnold. And that <laughs> one, that's going to be, like, how it's gonna go but it is tamara arnold.ca for canada everything is listed there and if you go to tamara arnold coaching on any social media platforms i do love humans so much and i actually answer all my own stuff so anytime you reach out to me i will personally respond to you all right well thank you so much thank you thank you for having me Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Tamara Arnold for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her knowledge and gifts with us. If you're interested in learning more about Tamara's offerings and her books, please visit TamaraArnold.ca. I, for one, am really looking forward to reading her books. I'd also like to take this time to thank Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast interesting and going strong, as well as Casey Henson for providing the music. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. If you're enjoying listening to us, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. This will help other people find us. Take care.